Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad you're here today. Welcome to everybody. Happy New Year. Ah, like that. I uh, hope uh, everybody has started out 2018 in a very positive and good way, and hope that will uh, be the the. the uh, forward direction of our lives throughout this entire year. So we welcome everyone to this New Year uh, gathering together today. We welcome our guests especially. Uh, You're very important to us and we're glad that you're here with us today and hope and pray that God will bless you in a very special way. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take those and fill them out so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. And if you could do that, we would certainly appreciate it. Um, I have a few things coming up. Kind of a easy, we're kind of easing into the the the, uh, the new year. We've got not a whole lot of activities, but some that are coming up that I'd like to call to your attention. We will be having a blood drive here in about a month on February the 7th. So uh, if you would like to uh, volunteer or if you would like to donate blood, please see Jika. And she's already got the sign-up sheet there, and she will uh, she will sign you up. Also, we are starting something uh, new on January the 17th. It's called um, Run for God. Uh, Nora will be leading this on Wednesday evenings, Wednesday afternoons at 5 o'clock, uh, beginning on January the 17th. And um, this is a kind of a, a spiritual and physical preparation for uh, running, walking a 5K uh, uh, for God. And we're leading up to, uh, to doing that. Uh, and and uh, walking or running the 5K for the Habitat, um, the, the fundraiser for the Habitat for Humanity here. And so um, uh, please, if you'd like to be a part of that, then uh, just come on Wednesday the 17th at 5 o'clock and we will uh, we'll get that underway. Also, you'll notice in your, uh, in your bulletin that uh, we are taking donations, as we always do, for Christian outreach each month and have something different each month that we, uh, we receive for that. And uh, for the month of January, that will be toothpaste and toothbrushes. So if you have uh, some tooth... You know, if you're like me, every time you go to the dentist, they give you a, a, a toothbrush. i got a whole drawer full of toothbrushes, you know. And I just don't change them that often, you know. So... If you're like me, bring some down here. <laughs> so, um, I, and I know that that uh, we are in the middle of flu season, aren't we? And a lot of people, you you know of people who have the flu. And my understanding is that the flu shot is only 10% effective this year. And so even people who get the flu shot are getting the flu. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to stand up and greet each other, as we always do, but don't shake each other's hands. <laughs> because that, that's, that's literally the worst way. I mean, it's, it's, it's the worst way of getting the flu. That's the, the main way that people get the flu, is by shaking people's hands. So I want you to stand up, greet each other, bump elbows, or, 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 or bow like this, or, or do a, an air five or something like that. <laughs> Like, you know, we put our elbows on each other. <laughs> 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 
Please pray with me. O Lord of bright and abiding light, you have shown us in the person of Jesus Christ, your Son, a new way to live. You have poured your light into the world and have asked us to live in that light rather than running and hiding in the darkness of doubt and despair. You have promised to be our light all of our days, and you have asked us to place our trust in you. And so we do. And we do so realizing that the journey into this light is risky. It means that we will have to be very serious about our service to you. It means that we will have to give you our very best It means that we will have to offer hope and light to others. And so in this new year, we bring to you the names and the situations of others that we know of for whom light seems to be a stranger. We know of those who struggle with ill health. 
We know of those who struggle with economic hardship and broken and damaged relationships. We know of those who have lost their loved ones and, and who suffer from anxiety. And we, pray, we place them in your care, O oh God. And we pray that your light will brightly shine upon them to bring healing and hope. And help us to be bearers of that light in all that we do. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning. How's everybody this morning? All the little kids and the big kids. How are you all today? Did y'all know today is a special day? Do you know what it is? It is the first Sunday of our new year. Now, what do people usually do when it comes to the new year? A lot of people make New Year's resolutions. Do y'all know what New Year's resolutions are? What are they? Things you should do. That's a good way to put it. Have you made a New Year's resolution? Not really? Let's think about that just a minute. What are some things we should do for the new year? Be happy? (laughs) Happy New Year. (laughs) We should have a happy New Year. We all want a happy New Year. Help out. That is a wonderful idea. And Gary's always my sidekick when I come up here because Gary always says, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And I thought that would be a good motto for all of us, the little ones and the big ones in the church today, but think about that. Think about what you want to do for our church and our church family and our community this next year. We have a lot of people in our church that deal with our community in a lot of different ways. We have Mary Dunham with Christian Community Outreach. We have Mark Hobson who works with the Sanford Training Center who twisted my arm to be a volunteer out there and I'm loving it. And um, there's a lot of people that we can touch in a lot of ways in our community this year. So can you think of some ways we can do that? Think about being cold weather. What are some things we could do for our community in cold weather? Dinosaurs. Well, I think they're long gone. <laughs> but you know what? If you had to- if you had toy dinosaurs, extra ones, that might be a good little toy for to give to somebody that didn't have any dinosaurs. Huh? Donate. Donate coats, gloves, scarves. That would be something that would really help blankets, different things like that. Huh? And a snowman. Yep, you can throw in the snowman too. So, yes, ma'am. Their school is doing donations to people who have cancer. That's a really good good project. Really a good project. Yes. Coloring dinosaurs. You're doing a donation for cancer patients also? Well, I think that's really good. (laughs) We're on dinosaurs. (laughs) That is wonderful. But, you know, your sister this morning, when I asked about helping out for Children's Moment, which I know all of you all probably think I'm going to ask you all to do that, but I am proud to say this morning, going around asking, we have 21 volunteers for up until the 1st of June. So everybody say, Amen. <laughs> and our little lady here in front, when I asked her family if they would do it, what did, you remember what you t- asked me? 
what do we have to do? So let's everybody take that attitude. And I want you to stop and think. All of us have things that we can offer. Hopefully all of you all will be doing what I've been doing the last two months, is cleaning out closets, painting, all that kind of stuff. My house is a wreck. Uh, But I have run across so many things that I don't need, truthfully. So what have I done? I've already got three boxes that I'm hoping to deliver to the church this week for the yard sale in October. Don't forget about that. You can, we've got storage room. You can go on and start doing that. If you have items you don't need, see Barry, Mary Dunham, see me. I've worked with the Specialty Shelter for many, many years. I always feel like I'm a broker. If you have something you don't need, contact us. We'll find a place for it. There's somebody out there that can use the things that you no longer need. Cooking items, blankets, comforters, all kinds of things. Uh, just think about those things and think about how they can be useful for someone else. Of course, cash is always needed too. So if you all will, bow your head with me and let's say a prayer. Okay. Our dear Lord, most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this Sunday that we are able to come into your house and worship without the threat of being condemned or an act of violence. We thank you so much for these children. We thank you for each and every one of the adults that are here today. Please guide and direct us as we go forward in in this new year that we will do it in your name. These things I ask in your name. Amen.
Thank you, God, for everything you've given us. Thank you for giving us patience. And thank you, God, for Jesus. This is your time to give back. Yes, in monetary donations, but also let us not forget that we can give our time and talent. Thank you. We say this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Join us in our scripture reading today, and it's from Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child? 
who has been born king of the Jews. For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and they paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord.
fun is that? That is so cool. Uh, it, some of the choir members before uh, service started said they were nervous because uh, Felicia had them singing in a different language today. And I told them, I said, if you messed up, who will know? <laughs> you didn't mess up. No. 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 <laughs> uh, that's wonderful. Ah, we are here, New Year's. Um, Pastor Jeff Thomas uh, told a story once about a, an amusing event that took place at Bryant, Bryan College in Dayton, Tennessee. Um, it, it seems that this was a while back, not too long ago, a few years ago. It seems that there was a, a gifted preacher by the name of Al Martin who was preaching in uh, the main auditorium of the college there for a special conference that they were holding. And the congregation was just completely absorbed by what, he was hear- what they were hearing. But then towards the end of the sermon, something unusual happened. All the lights went out. They just went dark. Everything went dark. Now, that's, that's not all that unusual because there are all kinds, of, all kinds of things that can cause power failures. But you might be interested in what caused this power failure. You see, it could only happen in a high-tech society, a high-tech world such as ours. <clears throat> it seems that a motion sensor had been connected to the main light switch of the auditorium. And the pur- purpose of this sensor was to conserve energy. You see, the sensor caused the lights in the, in the auditorium to automatically go off when no one is in the room. When it detected no one in the room, the lights would go off. In other words, if there was no movement for a certain amount of time, say 15 minutes, then the lights would automatically be turned off. I guess the engineers figured that it would not be possible for people to sit motionless for that period of time, and the instruments were calibrated accordingly. But here we had this congregation, quiet, attentive, totally gripped by the message being delivered by this, this gifted preacher, when suddenly, because everyone was so still in rapt attention, they were plunged into darkness. Well, Pastor Martin just ignored the darkness. He just kept on with his sermon, kept right on preaching his sermon. And the, the room remained in darkness for the remainder of the sermon. And then when he finished his sermon, he said, let us pray. And when he said this, everybody kind of shifted in their seats and leaned forward and bowed their heads. And that movement caused all of the lights to come back on. It's a funny world. This high-tech world that we live in. And I thought of that interesting little story as I thought about the meaning of epiphany. It's a time when we celebrate the light of the world coming into our darkness. Now, today is not epiphany. Yesterday 
was Epiphany. January the 6th was actually Epiphany, the twelfth day of the twelve days of Christmas. But I didn't figure I would get many of you here on a Saturday morning to observe this important day. So I guess, uh, I guess you can say today is Epiphany plus one. But I think the message of Epiphany is too important for us to pass it by. And so here we are. Epiphany is the day that we celebrate the coming of the Magi, the wise men, to worship the Christ child. And you're probably familiar with the story. A beautiful reading that we heard just a few moments ago. Another rendition of this comes from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, as uh, he described this event in his epic poem titled, The Three Kings. Uh, They include these lines, and it's somewhat lengthy, but please bear with me here. For we in the East have seen his star, and have ridden fast and have ridden far, to find and worship the King of the Jews. And the people answered, You ask in vain, we know of no king but Herod the Great. They thought the wise men were men insane, as they spurred their horses across the plain, like riders in haste who could not wait. And when they came to Jerusalem, Herod the Great, who had heard this thing, sent for the wise men and questioned them, and said, Go down unto Bethlehem and bring me tidings of this new king. So they rode away, and the star stood still, the only one in the gray of morn. Yes, it stopped. It stood still of its own free will, right over Bethlehem on the hill, the city of David where Christ was born. And the three kings rode through the gate, the guard, and the guard through the silent street till their horses turned and neighed as they entered the great inn yard. But the windows were closed and the doors were barred and only a light in the stable burned. And cradled there in the scented hay and the air made sweet by the breath of kine, the little child in the manger lay, the child that would be king one day of a kingdom not human but divine. His mother, Mary of Nazareth, sat watching beside his place of rest, watching the even flow of his breath, for the joy of life and the terror of death were mingled together in her breast. They laid their offerings at his feet. The gold was their tribute to a king. The frankincense, with its odor sweet, was for the priest, the paraclete, the myrrh for the body's burying. And the mother wondered and bowed her head and sat as still as a statue of stone. Her heart was troubled, yet comforted, remembering what the angel had said of an endless reign and of David's throne. Then the kings rode out of the city gate with a clatter of hoofs in proud array. But they went not back to Herod the Great, for they knew his malice and feared his hate, and returned to their homes by another way. Thus were the words of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. We know the basic theme of Epiphany well. The the wise men followed a star to where the Christ child lay. 
And this star, besides guiding the wise men to the Christ child, is also a symbol of the coming of light, the light of Christ into the world. In a passage that is often read during the days leading up to Christmas, Isaiah reminds us that the world was sitting in darkness, just as surely as that congregation at Bryan College was sitting in darkness until the congregation bowed its head to pray and the lights came back on. My friends, Christ truly is the light of the world. And I'm here to tell you that that is probably the most important truth that we can affirm this day. Christ truly is the light of the world. For you see, without the presence of Christ in the world, this world would indeed be a dark, dark place. There's an old story about a young man dying on a battlefield who asked to see a chaplain. And the chaplain came to him and he said, Give me a light, chaplain. And so the chaplain finds a cigarette and starts it to put it between the boy's lips. And the, the young man whispered, No, no, chaplain. The other kind of light. And so the chaplain reached into his pocket and brought out a New Testament and began to read, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's it. That's it, whispered the young soldier as he lapsed into unconsciousness unconsciousness, and then death. That was the light that he needed. He needed the light of Christ. And my friends, it is also the light that each of us needs as well, isn't it? Albert Einstein argued that at the speed of light, there is eternal now. He hypothesized that time and space are relative to the speed of light, but light is always constant. And we modern people think he thought that up, says Peter Hyatt in his book titled Eternity Now. Yet 2,000 years earlier, the Apostle John wrote, God is light. And he recorded Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. John taught us that Jesus is the Word and that the Word is the light and all things are made through Him and are relative to Him. But you know, light is something that we somehow take for granted, don't we? You ever thought about that? When was the last time you thought, hmm, I wonder if there will be light today. We always have it. We wake up in the morning, and even though it may be cloudy outside, there's still light. We flip on the switch, and there's light. We take it for granted. And, and I'm afraid that since we, it is so readily available to us, I'm afraid that we fail to realize just how important light is to us. Without light, there could be no life at all on this earth. It would be impossible. That's how important light is to each of us. Back in the 1970s, a man named John Ott did some fascinating research on how different types of light affects plants and animals and human beings. And, and here are some of the things that he discovered. 
Plants, for example, they only bloom under certain conditions of light, certain ratios of daytime to nighttime. Mice live twice as long with daylight as opposed to either fluorescent or incandescent light. Hens live twice as long, lay more eggs with 25% less cholesterol, are less aggressive in natural light as opposed to fluorescent or incandescent light. School children are calmer and less hyperactive with natural light as opposed to fluorescent or incandescent light. I guess we need to get skylights in our schools. And here's one I thought was interesting. Baseball players who switch from wearing pink-tinted sunglasses to gray-tinted sunglasses became less irritable, more relaxed, more confident, and performed better. So those of you who are are ball players, ditch those pink sunglasses. And restaurant workers who worked in a facility with ultraviolet black lights, remember this was done back in the 70s, (laughs) they were especially healthy and congenial. And I know that some of these findings are mere curiosities. But others demonstrate to us just how critically important light is to us. When God created the the world, the very first thing that God said was what? Let there be light. You see, without light, there is no life. And without the light of the world, without Christ, there is no abundant life. And that is exactly what we mean when we say that Christ is the light of the world. But of course there is a problem, isn't there? Because you see, not everyone wants to live in the light. Unfortunately, some people actually prefer to live in the darkness. When the the Bastille, uh, a castle-like prison in Paris, was about to be destroyed in 1789, there was a convict who was brought out of the prison who had been confined in one of the darkest cells for many years. But instead of joyfully welcoming his freedom, he begged to be taken back. It had been such a long time since he had seen the sunshine that his eyes could not endure the brightness of it. His only desire was to go back and to die in the murky dungeon where he had been held captive. And in a spiritual sense, some people have lived in the darkness for so much of their lives that they literally are afraid of the light. After all, the light reveals what they would prefer to keep hidden. Pastor Paul Pattison tells about a practice that many carpet cleaning companies use to get pet owners to uh, employ their services, to show uh, potential customers just how much they need their services. They darken the room and they turn on a powerful black light, and that black light causes crystals from certain pet stains to glow brightly. And to the horror of the homeowner, every drop and dribble can be seen. 
Not only on the carpet, but usually on the walls and the drapes and the furniture and even the lampshades. One salesman tells about a homeowner who, who begged him to shut the life, light off. I can't look at it anymore. I don't care what it costs. Just clean that mess up. And another woman said, I'll never be comfortable in my house again. Now, the stains were there all along, weren't they? They just couldn't see it. They were invisible until the right kind of light exposed them. And it would have been cruel to show the customers the extent of their problem and then say, too bad for you. And just walked off. But now that these stains had been brought to the light, most of the homeowners desperately wanted the cleaning service to clean their carpets. But you know what? Not everybody wants to live in the light, do they? Some people don't want their lives to be that transparent. But listen to this, my friends. To those who are willing to open their lives, their lives up to the light of Christ, there's healing and there's wholeness. And there is abundant life. For you see, when we live in the light of Christ, we become a new creation. You are the light of the world, Jesus said to his followers. Us. You. You. You are the light of the world. And then he said, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And neither do people light a lamp and then hide it under a bushel basket. Instead, they put it up on a lampstand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the, in the same way, he said, let your light shine. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, that pioneer on dying and and, uh, how it relates to living, once wrote that people are like stained glass windows. They sparkle and shine when the sun is out, but when darkness sets in, their true beauty is revealed only if there is a light within. In 1 Peter 2, verse 9, we read... But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of the one who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Someone else said it like this. They said, suppose you were about to enter heaven and they, and stopped to make a few remarks to the people on earth. And suppose at that same moment a sunbeam were leaving the sun and your words and the ray of light had the same distance to travel to reach the earth. In eight minutes, the people on earth would see that sunbeam. But your voice would not reach them for another 1,936 minutes. Because sound is so much slower than light. Yet there are so many people who would rather talk than shine. Interesting analogy. The point is that how we live our lives is so much more important than what we say. And so it's my prayer for each of you today. 
on this epiphany plus one. That the light of Christ will shine so brightly in your hearts that your lives will positively glow with the light of God's love. Amen. Let's sing together. Number 472, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. You know, the only way we can see Christ is because of light. The light that Christ shines into our hearts. And so let's think about that and let us look fully into the face of Christ as we sing together. May the path that Christ walks to bring justice upon the earth, to bring light to those who sit in darkness, to bring freedom to those who live in bondage, to bring new things to all creation, may this path run right through our lives. May we be the road that Christ takes to make His kingdom a reality in our world. Amen.